just thankful for this place, thankful for every opportunity that the Lord gives us. And um, I know sometimes things can be different uh, when Brother Gravely is away, but we're thankful for every opportunity that we have to be able to try to preach the Word of God for you and uh, try to be a help to you. Amen. And that's what we want to do this evening. And so if you'll take your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter number 28, 1 Samuel chapter number 28, maybe not a familiar passage of Scripture to everybody, uh, but if you're familiar with your Bible, you've probably read over this time and time again. Kind of a strange occurrence <clears throat> here in the Word of God, uh, but want to look at something and uh, try to be a help to you this evening, all right? First Samuel chapter number 28, and uh, let's look at verse number 3 tonight. First Samuel chapter number 28 and verse number 3. The Bible reads, Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him, and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits, and the wizards out of the land, and the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together, and they pitched in Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, <clears throat> the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit. And bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life and cause me to die? And Saul sware to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And he said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me, and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams, neither I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. And then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee, and is become thine enemy? And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me. For the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, 
Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow shalt thou and my sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell straightway all along the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel. There was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all the day nor all the night. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, as we uh, look to this portion of Scripture. Lord, we need your touch. We need your help. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to every heart. I pray, Lord, that uh, maybe we could encourage somebody tonight, Lord, just to continue on. And, God, to make the right decisions for you, Lord, to do the will of God. And, Lord, to please you with their life. Lord, you've given us everything, God, the Bible says, that pertains to life and godliness. Lord, you allowed us to make it. Lord, you said that Jesus, Lord, you said that you are able to keep us from falling. And, Lord, I pray that you'd make that a reality in our life. I pray that you'd help us tonight. Strengthen us, use us, encourage our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 1 Samuel chapter number 28, as we said just a moment ago, is kind of a strange chapter in the Word of God. We know that we are now at the end of uh, Saul's life. Uh, and uh, Saul, uh, he's an interesting character in the Word of God because you really don't know where to place him. Sometimes when you read about Saul, you think, well, surely he went to heaven but then you begin to consider some things and you think about Saul's actions and you look uh, how he wound up and you say, well, I think he may be in hell. And it's really hard to put him uh, in one place or the other. And I'm not really uh, trying to debate either one tonight, but I want to look at some principles from this portion of Scripture and try to maybe throw out some warnings, maybe, maybe try to uh, throw out some roadblocks for us. And if there's anybody that needs this, it's me, uh, myself tonight. And so I just want to be a help uh, and an encouragement tonight. But whenever we consider uh, the life of Saul, particularly how his life ended tonight, uh, we could just uh, kind of summarize everything with one word, and that word, one word would be this. That word would be tragedy. Amen. We look at the life of Saul, and we say that Saul's life ended for sure as a tragedy. Why, why would we say that tonight? Because there was a lot of waste that happened in Saul's life. There were a lot of squandered opportunities uh, that Saul was given, but he reacted and acted in the wrong way. And whenever we consider the life of Saul, I want you to consider, first of all, his wasted potential. Think about the young man that he was. Think about how he was selected and he was set apart to become king of Israel. And he began well in his younger years, but boy, it's sad how he ended up. And may I say this tonight, that each and every one of us are given the opportunity of it Saul had. It doesn't really matter how you begin uh, tonight because whenever we consider our lives in light of who and what we were before Jesus Christ ever found us listen we all started out the same way amen uh, the, uh, the people have said over and over uh, preachers down through the years that the ground uh, is level at the foot of the cross and listen there are a whole lot of different 
uh, ways and different uh, lifestyles that are represented in each church and each congregation. And we were all sinners. We were all lost. And, and we all began the same way. Uh, but listen, the Bible is very clear. And the Bible emphasizes that you and I can finish right. It was the Apostle Paul said uh, before his death, he said, For I fought a good fight. I've finished my course. And I've kept the faith. And may God help us tonight to finish right. And uh, there's a lot of potential uh, sitting in this room. And may we use it for the honor and glory of God. But Saul wasted his potential tonight. Amen. We not only see a wasted potential when we consider his life. But we also think about this. There was a wasted performance. Saul had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do the right thing. There's a lot of people, they're uh, faced with choices and uh, they're faced with decisions in life. And uh, we come to a road, a, a fork in the road, oftentimes uh, when it becomes decision time uh, in our life. And, and how are we going to perform? How are we going to uh, react? Or how are we going to act uh, when it comes decision time in our life? Will we do what the Lord would have us to do? Or are we going to go our own way? And Saul had every opportunity to do right. He had a man of God. He had the voice of God. Boy, he, he had uh, the right position in life. And he was given those great opportunities. Uh, uh, but he squandered those tonight. And he wasted those opportunities that he was given tonight. We see a wasted potential, a wasted uh, performance. But then I want you to consider this, and maybe this is the most crucial of all. Uh, so when, we, when we consider Saul, there was a wasted partnership. He said, what are you talking about? King Saul was introduced uh, to a meek and lowly shepherd boy by the name of David and God's hand was on him tonight we know that but listen Saul began to get bitter and Saul began to get jealous over David and the hand of God being on David's life and there are no less than 24 times recorded in the word of God when Saul uh, tried to kill David and made an attempt upon his life uh, but listen it's interesting tonight uh, to see here in the Old Testament but that, that how Saul wound up uh, was entirely based uh, how he treated God's anointed tonight. Amen. Uh, how he wound up was based uh, on what he did with David. And we fast forward here to the dispensation of grace uh, and how you wind up tonight has everything to do with what you do with Jesus Christ. There was a wasted partnership. What Saul did with David determined what God did with Saul tonight. And we consider this life of Saul and we have concluded that it is a tragedy. And for a few moments tonight I want to preach on the subject, the tragedy of a wasted life. I hope you don't think that I came to be negative tonight, but this is just what the Lord put upon my heart and I don't want to waste the opportunities that I have I don't want my life to wind up shipwrecked I'm not exempt from that tonight just because I'm the one talking about this just because I'm the preacher just because I'm the one up here with the Bible listen I am not exempt from that tonight I need help I need the Lord's touch and God's help in my life I don't want to waste the
the opportunities uh, that I have been given. Hey, I may have had a bad start. Amen. I may have been a cripple too high for crutches. I may have been in the depravity of my sin. But God, through His Son and through this blessed book and His church has given us some great opportunities. Uh, and what we do with them will determine our future tonight and how we wind up the tragedy of a wasted life. We could say that his life was a tragedy, number one, because we see in the text his condition. His condition. Look with me in verse number, uh, number five tonight. The Bible said, And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams nor by Urim nor by prophets. Now we know that God in those days spoke in dreams. That Urim refers to uh, those priestly garments when they would go into the tabernacle and they would inquire uh, of the Lord. And then of course by prophets, other men of God uh, that spoke uh, by divine inspiration. Those prophets that spoke the word of God. Uh, Saul was not getting anything. He inquired of the Lord. He prayed. He sought the Lord through all of the religious means of his day. And he did not hear anything from God. Listen, what had happened in Saul's life is his time of judgment had finally come. Samuel was dead. That godly influence in his life. The Philistines were dug in. God had cut him off. And the walls in Saul's life were quickly closing in. There was nowhere to run. There was nowhere to hide. There was nowhere to manipulate. There was nobody to deceive anymore. The walls were closing in on Saul's life. And all of his decisions up to this point had caught up with him. Listen, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament to be sure that your sins will find you out. Hey, you understand something tonight? That's one of the scariest verses in all of the Bible because there's a whole lot of stuff that I've done that I don't want anybody to know about. Amen? I, there's a whole lot of things that have went across uh, uh, my mind and my heart uh, that I'd just rather leave them unspoken. Uh, uh, but the Bible's very clear uh, that if we continue in sin uh, then our actions and our choices uh, and our decisions uh, uh, they will come home uh, to haunt us one day and that's exactly what happened in Saul's life God had absolutely nothing to say to him in his time of need and he declares that God had departed from him God's spirit Will not always strive with man. That's what he tells us. That's what he said. Listen, God doesn't have to say anything to you. God doesn't have to speak to me tonight. But I'm so glad that He does. I'm thankful that we have a Word and thankful that we have a preacher and thankful that we have a Holy Ghost living on the inside where God chooses to speak to us and He wants to dwell with us and tabernacle with us and have fellowship and communion with us. But listen to me, it does not have to be that way. And we do not deserve that tonight just because we belong to Him. Saul had declared that God had departed from him. He had inquired of the Lord. He had gone through all of the religious mechanics to try and get God's attention through the religious activity. But there was one ingredient missing in Saul's life that we don't find in the text. And that was repentance tonight. You understand something that repentance always gets the attention of God. 
coming clean with Him, becoming honest with yourself and becoming honest with God will always get His attention tonight. But listen to me, the true condition of His heart had been revealed. He was willing to do all of this religious stuff, but He would not repent. And He would not get right with God. You know, that's the same today. There are people, they would rather waste energy and time on dead religious exercise than to humble themselves before God. If I can do enough, God's going to appreciate it. He won't. If, if I can do this or I can do that, then I'll somehow come into God's good graces. Listen, there is no work that can accomplish that tonight. Jesus Christ did it all on the cross. He accomplished it all at Calvary through His shed blood, through His substitutionary death, through His vicarious suffering, through His death, His burial, and His resurrection. All the work's been accomplished. Why in the world would you want to work your fingers to the bone as to try to please God some way and somehow yet to no avail. Why wouldn't Saul repent? Because it revealed what he really thought about God. It revealed what he really thought about God. It revealed what he really thought about himself. Why won't a person repent? One word, pride. They are so full of themselves that there is no room for God. We think about the silences of God in the scripture. I thought about Herod as I was looking at this. You know, even Pontius Pilate, Jesus had some things to say to him. But Herod in all of his arrogance and all of his mockery brought Jesus before him and he mocked Jesus and Jesus had absolutely nothing to say to him face to face. Now Jesus had some things to say about Herod. But when Jesus was standing face to face with that king, he had nothing to say to him. Well, I want God to speak to me. I want God to have something to say. And you know what I'm talking about tonight. You'll pray and you'll try to read the Bible and you'll try to, you'll try to inquire of the Lord and it seems like nothing is happening and you wonder why, God, aren't you speaking to me? And we don't know all the reasons for that tonight. But may it never be said that God will not speak to us because we simply refuse to repent and to get right with Him. What a terrible condition we find Saul in his life was wasted, number one, because of his condition. Number two, we'll say this, his life was wasted. It was a tragedy, not only because of his condition, but we dive a little bit deeper and we examine tonight not only his condition, but his character. We're not only given insight into the condition of Saul, but we're given insight into the character of Saul. Let's see how this plays out. Let's see what happens. Look in verse number 6. Again, the Bible said, And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit in Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit and bring me up whom I shall name unto thee. Here Saul is, he comes and he, he knows exactly, he knows what he's doing. 
All right, so we can't look at Saul and say, well, well, you know, he messed up. This was an accidental thing or, or, or it just happened, you know, the, the kind of taglines we like to, to put on our sin tonight. But listen, he, he done thought it out. He got a disguise ready. He got his boys together. He went down there to the witch of Endor's house or tent or whatever it was and he walked through the threshold of that tent and he had in mind to do what he wanted to do. And he did exactly what he wanted to do. He disguised himself in verse number 8. He put on other raiment and he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night. He had to go at night time. Because he knew what he was doing was wrong. He tries to cover himself in this disguise in the cover of darkness. And listen, who we are in the darkness of night will eventually be revealed in the light of day. Saul had departed from what he knew to be right. But by the way, who was the one who put the mandate? Who was the one who kicked all of these people out of the country? It was Saul. So here he is. He's going back on everything that he said, every decision that he made concerning this. And he disguises himself and he goes and he seeks counsel from someone who he knew he was forbidden to seek counsel from. Why do we do the things that we do sometimes? I've said it over and over in the message. We've got a pastor. We've got a Bible. We've got a good church. We've got godly counsel. Why is it that whenever we get in trouble like Saul did, he looked around and he saw the enemies circling in on him. He, he felt like he was at the, at the end of his rope and felt like he was on his last leg. Why is it that when we get in that position, we, we move away from that circle of influence that God has given us to help us? Why do we do that? And here he goes, seeking this counsel. And this sin, like so many others, begins with a decision. He thought this over, molded over in his mind, made the decision to do what he was going to do, and he went and did it. Notice in verse number 9, the Bible said, And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die. She knew the penalty for what was about to take place. And Saul swore to her by the Lord, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Who shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up, Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. The woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And, and there was no mistaking who it was by this description. And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stood with his face to the ground and bowed himself. Isn't it interesting? When Samuel was alive, Samuel spoke the word of the Lord and Saul just turned a deaf ear to it. Hey, you need to, you need to destroy Amalek and, and kill everything and everybody. Don't spare anybody. God knew and God understood that the Amalekites would be a pain in the neck to God's people for generation after generation after generation. And he gave Saul the instruction to destroy those things that were hindering the people of God. 
or when God speaks to us about dealing with a particular issue or particular sin in our life, we better kill it and we better wipe it out and we better annihilate it and deal with it all the way. We understand that when David slew Goliath, Goliath had some brothers that David maybe didn't know about. Amen. And those, those Amalekites, those, those sons of Anak, those uh, wicked people, that wicked uh, offspring, listen, that the people of God refused to deal with. They came home to be a bother, to be a problem one day. Better deal with those things that God instructs us to deal with. Saul refused to deal with Amalek. Saul refused to deal with his flesh. Saul refused to tell himself no. He never submitted his will to God's will and he paid a high price for it. Now, what I said a moment ago, Samuel spoke and Saul let it go in one ear and out the other. Saul did not respect the man of God when he was alive. Yet he desperately wanted his help when he was gone. You understand tonight, we don't realize the value of spiritual opportunities sometimes until they're gone. We ought to appreciate what we have here. You do understand, and I, and I don't care who, who disagrees with this, it's not going to bother me a bit. If somebody else has a difference of opinion on this, but I just believe it to be so, in, in this area, in this region, as far as church is concerned, this is the best thing going. Amen. Amen. This, this is the best thing going. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart tonight. And if there was any better church, then I'd, I'd go and I'd move my membership there. But I believe that God has raised this place up. He uses the Jubilee meeting. He uses this church to be a blessing and a help to other churches. And while we sit here week after, and I'm not scolding anybody. I'm not talking down to anybody. But listen to me. There's going to come a day and an hour when we look back on these moments. And we'll go, man, wasn't it so good to be in the presence of God? Wasn't it so good to see the saints of God worship? Wasn't it so good to enjoy what we have? Hey, listen, don't take it for granted don't take it for granted for what God has given us don't waste the opportunities that God has given us tonight Saul it seemed that he, that he was a master at that at, at wasting and squandering what God had given him and what God had done for him but I'll hasten on look in verse number 19 we see his condition we see his character but then notice with me his condemnation Look in verse number 19. The Bible said, Moreover the Lord also will deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hands or the hand of the Philistines. Rather than a familiar spirit, rather than some divination, I, I believe wholeheartedly tonight that this is actually Samuel. Now, there have been different schools. Maybe somebody would think that this is some kind of apparition or some form of, of deception. I don't really believe that at all. Or, or that secondly, this is an evil spirit that takes on the form of Samuel and, and Satan is just messing with, with uh, Saul. I really don't believe that either. I believe that this really is Samuel. I believe that, that God allowed him uh, to appear to Saul 
uh, to, to put the finality of the judgment of God upon him and to let him realize the severity of the decisions that he had made. God let that voice of his preacher ring out in his mind and his heart. God let Samuel preach a prophecy one more time to Saul that sealed his fate. He was condemned. God manifests Samuel and pronounces his judgment upon him. Saul gets confirmation of what he's feared all along. What does he do? What has he done? He's sinned away his day of grace. When a man denies the light of God's word, he'll be given over to all kinds of spiritual deception. How is it that in our so-called solid fundamental churches, can the things that are going on today be going on? Because we've gotten away from this. I mean, it can look good. It can, and that, that's that's where we're at. That's the generation. We're, well, it looks real good. Well, you know, at least they go to church. Just because it has church in the name, don't mean it's a church. And there's a whole lot of them that don't even have that anymore. But we have we have rejected the light of God's word. We have rejected, thus saith the Lord. People are given over to spiritual deception. What eventually happens, we know the end of that course. Roman tells us that it is a reprobate mind. When we think about the days of the upcoming tribulation, men will believe a lie and they will be damned. That's what the scripture tells us. Why? Because there is a rejection of truth. Oh, all, all, those, all those intolerant Christians, they're finally gone. And the utopian society that we want, it's finally here. Those are the kinds of things they're going to say. But all along, it's a continued rejection of the Word of God. They'll believe a lie. They'll suffer the condemnation. and They'll suffer the reward of their choices tonight. Just like Saul did. When we consider Saul's actions and Saul's decisions, we reach this conclusion tonight. Saul's life would end this way. He would be dethroned. The kingdom was to be rent away from him, taken away from him. Not only just spiritually speaking, but also physically speaking. He would be dethroned. Saul would be defeated. And then finally and sadly, Saul would be dead. You know where the rejection of the will of God and the rejection of the truth of the word of God leads you? It leads you to death every single time. You say, how do you know that, preacher? The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded tonight is life and peace. We talked a little bit about David. The defining factor in David's life that was lacking in Saul's was repentance. You take David and you take Saul and you line those two kings up. You line those two men of authority up. You you line those two hearts and lives up. Here Saul is and, and Saul did some pretty bad things. But really, if you want to examine and you want to, you want to mark iniquity, you look at David's life. I, I'd say in some areas, if we were going to say it like this, David had the greater sin. 
committed adultery, committed murder, he lied, all within the same space of time. But you know what the difference maker in David's life was tonight? It was repentance. That was the difference maker in his life. And can I tell you this? Concerning you tonight, it'll be the difference maker in your life. Don't get stiff-hearted on God. Don't get stiff-necked on Him. Don't reject the light of the Word of God. Don't reject the will of God tonight. As they prepare us a song, would you stand with us tonight as we have a word of invitation. You may be here tonight and there may be some decisions that you're making. They're not conducive to the will of God. They're not conducive to a walk with God. And you know that there are things in your heart and your life that God is displeased with tonight. Would you repent? Would you get right with Him? Maybe you're here tonight and you're on the right course. You've made the right decisions in life. Understand, it's, it, it's not about you tonight, but it is the grace of God that you are where you are tonight. Young people, listen to me. Make the right decisions tonight. Your mom and dad are not your enemy. The preacher is not your enemy. Listen, this book is not your enemy tonight. The God of heaven is not your enemy. But He has your best interest in mind tonight. Would you mind the Lord tonight? Would you do His will? Let God have His way tonight.